we're going to go ahead and continue in this series called Good God. Could very well be the last message in this series. Wow. How's that happen? In any case, scripture that we've been going with is Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. That's the Message Bible. So again, the, the, the emphasis here, we're just talking about the character of God. And really do feel that it's important that we as believers have the right image of who God is. You know, if we don't have the right image of who he is, we are going to portray the wrong image. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, in, in, I've got a few areas I want to go this morning in concluding, but I, the overall emphasis I want to stress this morning is this, that just as we've received his goodness, we want to express his goodness to the world. You know, in our interactions, in our dealings, in our evangelism, we want to portray God as who he really is. We want to express him for the good God that we know him to be. Let me just go to this one place here, though, in Mark 4, verse 35, probably familiar. I know I've read this in church even in the last year. But it's, it says this, on the day that when evening, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat. And just as he was, uh, and, and, and other boats were with him. It says, a great windstorm arose, and there were waves breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? For he awoke, and he, and he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The reason I, I read this story is to just give perspective. You know, I found this that in, in worldly thinking, sometimes what I've heard is that God is the source of the storm. Not just figuratively, but even in the natural if you've read insurance claims before, there's a phrase they have that says, it was an act of God. Meaning, by that, that this storm or this outrageous weather that happened somehow was God's design brought upon you. And by all means, we are not going to argue with God. But here is a, a real-life story of uh, outrageous weather happening when they're in a boat at sea. I guess if there's ever a time you're really going to be aware of weather, it would be when you're on a boat at sea. You know, I mean, you know, if I'm at home, the other day it rained like crazy. And I sat in my front room and I, my whole thought was, praise God, I just mowed the lawn. Let it rain, let it pour. Let the winds blow, you know. But if I was on a boat at sea and the rains were coming and the winds were blowing and the rain was blowing and water was getting into my boat, that would be a cause for concern. And, 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 and the thing is, 
is this, this, this story tells about this, this happening and Jesus is, Jesus is actually in their boat. And again, again, I've told this story. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus in this whole thing? He's sleeping on a pillow, okay? Pillows are cool, you know? Some people take their pillows with them when they travel. You know, I, I send on ahead to make sure they have the right pillow. But, but uh, you know, uh, Jesus didn't cause this storm. What his role was in this story is he brought peace in the midst of the storm. Did you get that? Nowhere in this Bible reading, this actual real-life story, does it say that God sent a storm to test them in life. God sent a storm because they were being bad. God decided to shake things up really good and sent, you know, thunder, lightning, wind, waves. Doesn't say that. But it does say this, is that in the midst of this storm, Jesus was awakened from his pillow and he spoke to the, the sea. This is what brought great fear on him. Not that Jesus was going to send another storm, but they saw him operating in an anointing that caused them to wake up and say, wow, this guy's got a hold of something. He spoke to the storm and said, peace be still. That's what Jesus does in our lives. Can I really blow your minds? In this story, let's go another step. Jesus was not acting as God. Okay? All right. Now, don't go out here and say something I didn't say. Jesus was God, but the whole time Jesus was on this earth walking, he walked as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So what I'm telling you is this. Jesus is just showing you and I how we're to act in situations. I remember one time, I, I, I remember I was watching the, the news. I was watching, uh, I wasn't near Dana, but, but I, I, I was w listening to the news, and there was this tornado coming to this certain populated area that we happen to know a lot of people in. And I said, I said, Dana, did you see this? I was called her on the phone. I said, did you see this tornado is coming right where a bunch of people we know and love are, are, are hanging out? And, and Dana says, don't worry. I've been on the phone with my friend Mary. We've been praying. And, you know, I'm sitting there listening to the news, and the newscaster actually says, wow, something's happening. The tornado is changing its course. And that's real life. You remember that, Dana? And, and that, that actually happened. Uh, there was a man named, uh, named Dowie back, back many years ago, over 100 years ago, had, had, had sailed the ocean numerous occasions, and, and numerous times when storms had risen up, he did just what Jesus did, stood on the boat and spoke to it and said, peace be still, and he said, it obeyed him. Now, that may not have been your experience, but just because it hasn't been your experience so far doesn't mean it shouldn't be and doesn't mean it couldn't be. I tell you these things to bait you. I tell you these things to say there could be more. There could be more. This is the goodness. Whatever you've thought about the goodness of God, this is one aspect of the goodness of God in operation. Speaking to a storm, causing peace in the midst of a 
tumultuous situation, causing peace in people's lives. Maybe it isn't even a physical storm, but have you ever walked into the other kind of storm? You know, you can walk into a place and wow, you know what? You can bring in the peace of God. You can bring in, people are never your enemy. I always remember that. People are never your enemy, even when they're barking in your face. People are not your enemy. There's demons, there's devils behind that stuff. Can I be that real with you? It's the truth. And I'm telling you what, your presence can make a difference. Your presence can usher in the actual presence of God. I'm not saying you're God. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm saying that we have God living in us. It's time to let them out. It's time to allow what's on the inside of us to influence the world around us. Now, John 14, 8, I got some scriptures here. Uh, Philip said to, uh, to Jesus, said, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So, Jesus was walking this earth, and you know, I've heard many sermons on what, why did Jesus come to earth, what was his purpose, and you know, I wouldn't knock any, most of them that I've heard have been really good, but it would be, be safe to say this, that one of the main purposes Jesus had in coming here was to show us who the Father is. There was a lot of confusion about who God is. You know, people thought all kinds of things. Just like today, people think all kinds of things. But Jesus came to show men and women like you and me who God is. And he went on, he said, um, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, the Father's in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So Jesus is saying, Philip, you hang with me every day. We have breakfast together. We drink coffee together out of our love church mugs, Philip. Come on. He says, you've seen the kind of stuff I do, feeding the multitudes, healing the sick, raising the dead. I'm showing you the Father. This is who the Father is. This, this life I've been demonstrating to you. Did you hear that? This life I've been demonstrating to you, this is the Father. So I guess the question could be asked, what life are you demonstrating to the world. Go on. Acts 10, 38. This is Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit, and with power. I still divert to my King James Version. The Holy Ghost and power. Yeah. I was, I was given a guy, I, I, you know, when I worked for Billy, the Billy Graham Association and I'd go on a crusade or something, most of the time what my job was is I'd drive speakers to and from the events. And I remember one time I had a speaker in my car for like two hours because it was a long way to the airport. And I tell you, we had ourselves a talk. And uh, we talked about spiritual things. And when he got to the sermon, he was the main speaker that night. And he got up and he says, yeah, me and Paul Carlson, we had ourselves an upper room experience on the way to the event tonight. And, and my boss looked at me and he goes, what did you say? But, but he said, but he even said to me, he even said to the people, he says, he calls them the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's what he said. 
Anyway, God bless that guy. That guy I won't say his name. But anyway, uh, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Again, Jesus demonstrated the goodness of God, the will of God. What did he do? He went about healing people. Healing who? All those who were oppressed of the devil. So I'm not saying if you're sick, who hasn't been sick? I won't even ask for hands because every single one of us have been sick before. doesn't mean you're demon-possessed or anything, but it means you're being oppressed by the devil. It's not from God, okay? People get all, you know, and maybe the people don't get any more, but people should get all up in arms about, are you saying I got a devil? No, I'm saying you're a child of God, but you're being attacked because you live in a fallen world. And the devil's running wild out here. And it's about time some of the children of God stood up and said, enough's enough. And we're going to take hold of what Jesus did for us. All right. Preach it. Yep. Okay. okay. All right. Again, I'm just, I'm just laying out what Jesus' ministry was like, portraying who God really is. Luke 4, 18. Tremendous scripture. Jesus' words. He said this. He went into the, his hometown church. And he opened up the book where it was written, found the place where it was written. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So all I'm telling you and I today is this was what Jesus was all about. Showing people who God is. Showing them who he really is. Showing them the goodness of God. Okay? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'll start with that just because it's my favorite scripture, okay? And we're really going down to verse 20. But it says, Therefore, if anyone... Who's that? Anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How many new creatures we got living in this place here today? You know, the old has passed, the new has come. Don't identify with the old. Identify with him. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Don't get tangled up in words here. Listen to what it's going to say. It says that, it, that, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins and trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So here's the thing. When it comes to the world, sin has been dealt with. People don't need you to tell them what kind of sinners they are. That's not the message that's been given to us to give to them. The message that's been given to us to give to them is that sin has been dealt with. And that's where it was dealt with, right on the cross, okay? Point people to Jesus, not to their shortcomings. Verse 20, it says this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Then verse 21 again says, he, he, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we should be made, might become the righteousness of God in, in him. 
Yeah, I got three translations running in my head. I'm trying to quote two and read one. But in any case, um, so, so here's the thing, is that you and I get a hold of this today. You have been called and appointed to be an ambassador for Christ. That sounds like a kid's group, maybe. But there's a <laughs> the ambassadors for Christ. This is real. This is real. So here, let me read you this. The, the Merriam-Webster ambassador is a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign. Okay, so a, a, an ambassador is a diplomat of the highest rank operating on foreign soil. Can I tell you something? You're living on foreign soil. Oh, but, but, but I live in America. No, you're living on foreign soil. This is not your home. You guys, we are ambassadors from heaven. Identify with that. Let me read on. This is just, this is just Webster's Dictionary. What did you do in church today? I sat around and read the dictionary. It's cool. Anyway, um, Okay, they're the highest-ranking uh, uh, diplomat of a, for, on, uh, on, of a foreign government or to a foreign government as the, representative, as the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special or temporary diplomatic assignment. So here's the job of an ambassador. This is what stands out to me. We're here to represent whatever he's like were to represent it to the people of this world, to the people that we are ambassadors, we're ambassadors of Christ. What am I saying? We need to portray him as he is. He's not angry at the world. He's not sending curses at the world. He's not sending earthquakes at the world. He's not sending tornadoes at the world. He's sending love and forgiveness to the world. You know, every, every five years I hear somebody all up in arms and saying that God's cursed America. God ain't cursing America. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, there was a city full of sin and everything, and, and there, was, there was a chance of destruction. And, and God said if there were even ten righteous people in that land, I tell you, destruction wouldn't come on it. And I'm telling you this, there's more than ten people in this room, let alone in this country. Okay, God's not out to curse a bunch of people. Okay, he's out to send his love and forgiveness. In the book of Acts, the, the, uh, a representative of heaven, a good one, was Philip, the evangelist. It says in Acts 8, verse 12, it says that when they believed Philip, as he preached good news, can you say good news? Good news. About the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized both men and women. So what, whatever Philip was preaching, I don't have the full excerpt of his message, but I know this it would be summarized in saying this. He preached good news about the kingdom. Then in verse 35, same chapter, it says, Philip opened his mouth beginning with this scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. So in our position as ambassadors, one thing we need to check ourselves with is this, is what we're portraying to the world, the good news. The good news. Are we portraying who God really is? The goodness 
of God. See, this is a big, this is a heavy deal, man. He's made us ambassadors, high-ranking diplomats on foreign soil. That's you and me. We're here to represent the kingdom. Now, are you with me here? Romans 2.4. I don't have too much more. We're almost out of time, but this is good. All I really want us to get today is this. We've been talking for weeks. I, I forget how many weeks we've gone now. Five or six. About the goodness of God. I believe that God wants to show his goodness to you and I. I believe he wants you and I to show his goodness to the world. Okay? We're praying for people. And, 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 and you know, look for opportunities to show people the goodness of God. It's amazing the doors that will open by them seeing the goodness of God. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I remember we had a, a neighbor. This is back when we lived in Minneapolis. But we had this single mom that lived across the street from us. And for some reason, we were drawn to this girl and to her, her kids. We used to have her daughter, who was like a teenager, we used to have her come over and just hang at our house and make cookies with Dana and the girls. You know, and, and she didn't have any, at the, that I, actually I know, she didn't have any exposure to God, except us. So how do, you know, people get all wound up and bound up about evangelism. Oh, I'm not an evangelist. I can't go out on the street and give people. I'll invite them over and make cookies. You know? You can do that. And, and then as time went on, uh, her mom, you know, we'd never had any communication with her at all. Never talked to her, you know, except we prayed for her. And, 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 and one day I saw her cat, she, she, was, she was almost late for work. She was like a nurse. And she was almost late for work because her cat had gotten out of the house and it was up in a tree. And I saw the whole thing from my window because, you know, it was right across the street. And, and I noticed, you know, she, had to, she finally had to leave the cat in the tree. So you know what I did? I called up a friend of mine who I knew had a, a giant ladder. His name was Leo. I said, Leo, come on over. We got a job to do. And he brought over this big extension ladder. And we crawled up in the tree and we got her cat. And we brought it into our garage and we kept it there. Until she came home from work, I had a note on her door that said, hey, I knew her name was, was Kim. I said, Kim, got your cat. It's at our house. She comes home and she was, you know, she was really thankful and everything. We didn't pound her over the head with you know, a bunch of, bunch of Bible lessons or anything. That wasn't where she was at. But you know, a little time went by. Dana was at church one Sunday morning. You know, and she was in the, the, the ladies' room. And she was, whatever they do in front of the mirrors, you know, they're doing stuff, you know, and, 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 and doing the eyes, or I don't know what for, for sure. But looking in the mirror, and all of a sudden in the reflection of the mirror, she turns around and there's, there's our neighbor, Kim. You know, she became a, a prominent member of the church, came there for, for a long time, totally got set free, totally got connected with God. And all it was was, was a simple act of goodness, portraying who God was. I could tell you a bunch of stories. I could tell you stories about Pastor Stephen. But in any case, I'm not going to go there this morning, but I tell you what, let God show you. I remember there was a lady at, at, a, at the, the convenience store we used to shop at. One time we walked in and, and her head was shaved, and she had this huge scar that ran up the, the side of her skull. And uh, honestly, the sight of it shocked us so much, we, didn't even, you know, we, we just kind of were cordial. But the next time we went in, we, we, we were creeping. We, we snuck around. We asked her boss. We said, what happened to her? Turned out she had a bad relationship, and the guy took a hammer and beat her in the head. So you know what Dana did? 
She went and filled a bag full of perfumes and just stuff she got at a store. Just fun stuff that would make, make a girl feel special. She brought it in and just gave it to that girl. And, and I tell you, it brought her to tears. It brought her to connection. It brought her to see, wow, that's what God's like. These are simple things. Romans 2.4, I know i got to close. Romans 2.4 says this. Or do you despise the, the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing, this is what I want to read, not knowing it's the goodness of God, the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. Showing people the goodness of God. Seeing someone who's maybe not feeling well, what's going to stop you from just going up and saying, hey, do you need prayer? I believe in Jesus. I believe, you know, he heals people. I'm just going to lay hands. Can I lay hands on you? Yeah, okay. Get permission. There's a real power in just getting permission too. You know, don't make it a big deal. Don't go shake them and bake them. You know, oh, you don't need to do that. Don't go push them around. Just, 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 just go lay hands on them with their permission and say, hey, can I pray for you? Jesus, I just believe in Jesus' name. You don't need to shout. Just say it. Just talk in normal tones. But tell you what, God can use you. What if it doesn't work? Hey, it's not your problem. It's not your problem. Don't let that stop you. I heard one guy, a guy I've been listening to for a while here, he said the first dozen people or so he prayed for, nothing happened. Then something happened after that. What if, what if he quit? What if you quit? God wants to use you. You're a vessel. You're an ambassador. You're the person God wants to show his goodness through. Let me just read this, Ephesians 2.10. It says, you're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works. That God's before, pre prepared beforehand what we should walk in. God has a plan all prepared. Choose it. Choose it. Choose to let him use you. Choose to let him flow through you. Choose to show his goodness through you in your life to other people. You see, we don't want to be, you know, selfish. We don't want to be inward. We want to take what we've seen, and we want to share it with the people that, are, that God brings in our path. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.